I never saw you leave And it was late at night I could be wrong But I know that you have never been right Someone said you vanished But he was cooked I'm sure there were some details that he overlooked So get specific Give me time Connor is back the million dollar man himself, feeling like a million bucks, no doubt, uh, after a week of high intensity stuff. Uh, Connor, great to have you. Of course, we talked after the Vania Cup, but we did not get to hit record. So this is kind of like your moment to, yeah, no. to vent, do whatever you need to. We're here. Yeah, unfortunately, I had some, some circumstances come up. I did watch the Vania, all of it. Couldn't be there, but shout out to yourself, Wade and Marsh for you know picking up picking up my slack. Say that first off the bat. Um it was an incredible game. Uh, atmosphere in Kingston, Ontario. Beautiful. Looked incredible. Love that stadium. You know it. We know it. Incredible place to play some football. I think uh now the rest of the country knows it. But Richardson Stadium, great place to host the VNA. The game itself, sixteen to nine win. The University of Montreal gets their revenge game from 2015. I thought, I mean, I know you already talked about this plenty, I'm sure, but it was a defensive battle. It was a defensive football game. I thought that the Montreal Caravan defense was freaking incredible. I wanted to swear there because they, they had me that jacked up. They only allowed nine points this whole game, no touchdowns. They basically in this game said to UBC, do whatever you want. Well, you can you can push down the field, but we know we're not going to let you in the score zone. We know that you know. Sure, if you hit a hit a forty yard play, you hit a big play here and there. That's fine. We're cool. That's like then don't break type mentality. And they just knew, no matter what UBC threw at them, that they could contain control and not allow this UBC, this very talented UBC team to get in the score zone, to get those scoring opportunities. I'm sure, yeah, there, I'm sure there was some here and there. But even then, like, they held their ground. They controlled the game. They played some damn good defensive football. Again, Jonathan Senecal at the quarterback position did pretty much everything he needed to do to secure his team a win, 170 through the air, 53 in the touchdown on the ground. It was just a Montreal Caribbean football game this was dominant in the trenches dominant at point of attack on defense they were not afraid of anything that ubc had to offer because they knew they could run with them that montreal defense i know i keep talking about this but nicky Farinaccio and company showed why they are the best defense in the country currently it was um, a treat to watch I was listening to uh, the lovely guys over at KGN, and uh, while El Presidente was not in, it was uh, Gord, Darren Dupont, and uh, Hogan, the Kingston man himself, um, kind of talking about this Montreal defense and how they didn't give up a touchdown really in the playoffs. <laughs> and to me, like, that is surreal. And for this team, like, UBC was built to be the light show. They were built to be high scoring. You know what? We fall behind. Look at the Alberta game. We come back when the clock is at its lowest. We can still score. We can still make it happen. Um, but like you said, Montreal's defense was phenomenal. 
Um, I almost want to kind of lean on, well, there wasn't really a whole lot of balance from UBC. Isaiah Knight had 15 carries for 73 yards. They balanced it out, and Rooker had a solid day passing. But when they got into that red area, self-inflicted wounds, fumble by Isaiah Knight, not in the red area yet, but heading to the score zone, missed pass by uh, to Sam Davenport on the goal line. And that was really the difference. Like when you saw Montreal make it to the red zone, two for two with touchdowns, like when they were deep in that red area. Did you see Joe Senecal's touchdown run, dude? Like the pump fake had, I think it was Sorolo Brown even, like one of the better defenders on UBC. Full extension show. And Joe just kind of took it. Tossed it up into the end. Like he he made the difference for that offense. Yeah. And as we've talked about all season long, the ability to convert in the red zone, make that red area percentage as high as possible, makes all the difference, especially in tight games like this, when you know it's going to be tough sledding and you're not going to get many chances against the defense. You have to convert. And they were not able to. No, no. And I mean, I know for a while it was the running joke that my favorite stat was, you know, red zone scoring percentage. But once again, here it is, rearing its ugly head. Not that much of a joke. It's it's so so integral. It's so important in games like these. I mean, if you can't score in the red zone in a championship game, your odds of winning that game are reduced significantly, especially against a team that has – the talent that Montreal does on the offset, offensive side of the ball with the quarterback that has just won the Creighton Trophy. The, it, when you're able to dominate both sides of the ball like Montreal was able to, it gets really hard for UBC to kind of dig themselves out of that hole. And the most impressive part, which I, I just kind of pieced together, well, and I realized it the day of, but I'm, I'm finally saying it now. Montreal didn't have Hassan Doso, their number one threat out wide. Like, he was down. He did not dress. And here they were, cruising and bruising. Uh, Muganda was electric. I, I, I know Joe took home the player of the game offensively, but Muganda's play was critical for them. Um But no, this was a fantastic win by Montreal for UBC. I don't know if they get back here again. Because this Montreal team is returning everyone except maybe three guys. UBC, we're expecting their offensive line to be a completely different unit next year. They're going to lose some pieces defensively into the draft, most likely. Um, There's going to be a lot of different looks on this UBC team. Oh, wait. And the other teams in Can West are breathing down their neck, mainly those damn Alberta Golden Bears. Um, I loved the UBC story this year, Connor. They were my pick from the start. But your guys, the Carabae, they held it down for you. You were pushing on me from the start that I had them too low. I, I didn't I didn't listen soon enough. Hey man, something about uh there's something in the water. In Montreal this year. Something on the mountain. <laughs> something on the mountain. There you go. Must be that mountain water runoff that's uh, 
juicing the Montreal football teams up because I know, again, you, I, I missed the podcast. I'm sure you talked about it, but not only did the Montreal Caravan win the Vanier Cup, the Montreal Alouettes won the Grey Cup oh, in yeah. ridiculous fashion. Shout out to University of Calgary Dino wide receiver Tyson Philpott, absolutely putting the game on ice with a ridiculous touchdown, with a ridiculous touchdown catch, game winning drive, game winning play. Did I? Um, uh, we don't have to dive too much into that game, but I definitely wanted to give Tyson Philpott the shout out there. Did you get to see who Noah Marshall and I bumped into at the tailgates this weekend? I did. Jason I, Moss, Danny Machocha, and Mark Antoine Ducroix. No, uh, my guy. Well, we didn't. We guy. didn't see. We didn't see Mark Antoine Ducroix. He was on the sidelines. With you just game. saw him run in silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got to meet. Fuck it. I'm gonna swear because this is. I got to meet fucking <laughs> Anthony Calvillo. Like I I'm met so AC dude. I, I Marshall my Marshall's like, oh yeah, like I, I kind of want to go talk to him. Like, come on, I'll I'll uh, we can talk with him. Like it's no big deal. So we walk up and we're we're talking to them. And in my mind, I'm like, this is Anthony Calvillo. Like this is AC. Holy this shit! The goat. I'm talking football with AC. And I tell my mom after she goes, well, did you get a picture? I said, no, I wasn't <laughs> getting a picture. I, like I was trying to play it cool, and at that time, like nobody was really coming over to take pictures with. Nobody had caught on yet. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I can't be the guy to be like, "Hey, by the Just way, the I've trade. been I've been a huge fan of yours since I started watching football when I was like eight. Can I please yeah. get a picture with you, sir?" Um, but no, they were they were awesome to get to talk to, and kind of uh, like we talked a bit about like Winnipeg's match coverage with them uh, and how like second and four plus whatever AC was like, for some reason they stayed in their match coverage all day long at second and plus whatever. So we felt really confident throwing a lot of short yeah. game on it because they, they gave us that much cushion and we're just kind of letting it soar, um, which I thought was fantastic. Like being able to have that kind of conversation, unreal being able to have that conversation oh, yeah while at a tailgate for the Vanier Cup, the Vanier because, Cup. <laughs> because the Montreal Carabang brought so many fans in um, even better. So, hey, did you see my message about the decibels at Sepsum? Yes. Yeah. 120 plus. Man, crazy. That's stadium. Um, that seems crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's surreal. Uh, okay, we got superlatives to get to. Um, as you guys know, Connor and I during draft season like to give out like Sam of the year, F the playup guy of the year. Uh, we like to call guys road graders. So we decided before we even get to the draft list and get to the draft players, we would hand out those superlatives to the U sports players who just finished one incredible season. I know viewership was down uh, on CB, uh, C up on TVA. But to me, it it was still a fantastic year full of different storylines, different opportunities, and different guys taking the spotlight for themselves. Different teams grabbing hold of the spotlight, too. Shout out the Windsor Lancers, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Start with it. Let's go. (laughs) After playoff guy of the year, uh, Connor's guy from the start of the year. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to play up guy of the year. And, and like, this really could have gone a few different ways. I think I, there was a ton of um, defensive talent in the league this year, a ton of have to play up worthy players. I mean, 
off the before I get into it, we all know I'm going to pick. I do want an honorable mention Tyson Hergott from Waterloo, who had an incredible season. I want to honorable mention Max Charbonneau from the Ottawa GGs, also had himself an incredible season. My have to play of the year from the Windsor Lancers, Kalade Emerson. There's no question about it. In my mind, Wade knew exactly where I was going with this big. From week one, he was my guy. This guy, watching his tape, watching the way he pressures, watching the way he plays along the defensive line, is special. And I know you have to have a, a pretty damn good team around you to be able to have these numbers. But when you have the raw power this year, I thought this was an ability to just be nasty and get to the quarterback like this guy does. F the playoff guy of the year. Um, Connor, I'm going to go off the board for me. This is a big one for me. Alex Fedchip. Um, eight TFLs, six and a half sacks, Wait three pass breakups. Connor, Connor, even in their semifinal <laughs> game against UBC, he was the only guy that was making a difference in the backfield. And out oh, in the yeah. AUS, he did terrorize offensive lines. Um, uh, no, I, I'm with you on Kaladi Amazon, but my my honorable mention would be Alex Fetchin from the X-Men. Um, another kind of honorable mention, if we want to go there, we can't leave out Tyson Hergon, right? Like, he he was spectacular for the Waterloo. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He was the uh, his defensive – was he the defensive player of the year or lineman of the year? Lineman of the year for the OUA. He was the uh, lineman of the year for the OUA. Again, was right up there with Amusun in terms of numbers, in terms of play. Um, he was pretty much the heartbeat of that Waterloo defense. He had an, he had an incredible season. And I know uh, Adam McGuire over there with the uh, the Waterloo Warriors was pounding pounding his chest pretty hard to for Tyson Ergot. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next one, we'll stick in the trenches here. The road grader of the year. Uh, this one to me got to be Daniel Shin. I fell in love with this guy at the East West Bowl. Um, he turned around and then backed it up with another monstrous season, leading the Golden Bears. Uh, not only did they have the Can West MVP rushing behind them, but they also had a damn good offense uh, with Hetlinger anchored by this offensive line. And Daniel Shin was the point of that attack. Um, all Canadian nod as well for the big man. Road grader of the year, Daniel Shin, Alberta Golden Bears. I mean, yeah, I love the pick. We know that uh, Coach Morris gets his guys right out there at the U of A. It is uh, one of one of offensive line you in Canada. I mean, I, I can't say much more than you did. I, I really do agree with the pick. I think he's the guy. But, uh, you know, there's two guys out. UBC that really helped out Garrett Rooker this year. Uh, Theo Benedict, the reigning JP Metro's trophy winner, back-to-back trophies for him, as well as his counterpart, Giovanni Manu. An incredible season for him. I don't think the, that offense works the way it does without those two guys, but pure road grader, Daniel Shin, Alberta, love the pick. I'm with you. Man, I was it two years ago we had Rodine as our, as our favorite road grader. Being the road grader, man. It's those, it's those golden bears. It's those golden bears. It's that Chris Morris mentality, man. All right, just as a precursor for this, the Sam of the year goes to a player, usually during the draft, which Connor and I kind of deem 
the future Sam of the year in the CFL, whether it is someone like a Jake Taylor who plays safety or someone like a Nick Cross, who is a true linebacker. It's someone that we believe could project and play up after some development into the role of Sam linebacker in the CFL. This year, there was no true Sam per se in U sports that kind of blew us away. But there was there a were ton of linebackers that day. Damn good linebackers. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, you start with, with some of your picks, and uh, I'll, I'll throw in a couple names as well that you don't mention as we go. Yeah, I think we got to start with the obvious one here, right? Like, the absolute defensive menace, the defensive force, the defensive MVP of the Vanier Cup for me, Nicky Farinaccio. That dude is an absolute menace. Menace to society on defense. He is uh he's an incredible playmaker. He's a special player. Love watching him play. And really, it doesn't matter where you put him on the defensive side of the ball, man. He's gonna make plays. He's gonna go out there and make plays. He's gonna hit somebody in the mouth. He's gonna come away with an interception. He's gonna force a fumble, whatever you need him to do. Uh, he's your guy. And that showed all throughout the playoffs, all throughout the season. And that's why he was named as a second team all Canadian this season. Uh keep it with the caravan. The second straight yes. time they've won stand-up defense player of the year in a row. Uh Harold Misson. Connor. I don't I don't get how these guys are this athletic. <laughs> I think it was like uh late first quarter. They went to throw a rail shot down the middle uh on like a cover two look. And Harold Misson came out from like left field and ended up making play on the ball. And I'm looking at it like how the heck how what, why is the linebacker back at deep half? Like, <laughs> where did this come from? Um, but no, he is so athletic, Connor. He has the range, like, not at the Nick Cross level that we've talked about in years past from the linebacker position, but he has that scary set of range. And maybe he does end up settling as a really solid will at the CFL level when he decides to get there or if he gets there. Um but I think all in all with him, the attributes are there to be a Sam of the Year contender. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The way he moves, the way he plays, his feet, his hips, dude's just smooth. Start to finish, this dude is just smooth. Uh, some other kind of hopefuls for Sam of the Year include your one and only. Ryan Baker, man. UBC. Ryan Baker. E- I think e- man. Yep. E-Man from Ottawa as well is a Sam of the Year candidate. I know I, I led you along there saying you're man and then went away from yeah. your water. Uh, <laughs> but no, E-Man, uh, Ryan Baker as well. I, I There was a ton of guys, man, that just made plays across the field and really showed some freaky athleticism through and through. So um, with that, We'll move on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, do you have a guy for this? Because I'm kind of tossing in a, a new name here. I know we talked before we went on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it after you kind of yeah. give your idea. No, go for it because I think we're on the same page. A little bit of a cop out, but not really. Oh, I'm I, like, I'm going I'm going well off the off. We're oh, going well off the track. Okay, okay. I will I will designate myself as the the cop-out host of the year if we're doing superlatives here. But I'm going to go with uh, Justin Clotier from Laval. One rookie of the year, won the Peter Gorman Trophy. 
He was a standout defensive player this year as a rookie on the Laval Rouge Or. And that's not an easy defense. That's not an easy team to crack and make an impact as a rookie. He did just that. He had a great season. Moves really, really well. I like his style of play. He is tenacious, puts his head down, goes to work, does what needs to be done. And with that, had a really good season for himself. So uh, shout out to uh, Justin for winning the Peter Gorman Trophy. Yes, I'm copping out. But yes, it was well-deserved. So now over to you because you actually have something interesting to say and you're not going to cop out. So let's hear it. Guelph running back, Donovan Malloy. Oh, damn. That's a great pick. Okay, so he was not even the OUA's Rookie of the Year. That went to Ethan Grigorchich, who I could also put as my Rookie of the Year. But Connor. Yes. Donovan Malloy, third in the country in yards per game. Five touchdowns. He was ahead of the bus, Malcolm Bussey, in total yards. In terms of just straight-up playmaking, he was a force for this Guelph team who really needed an identity, and I don't think he got a whole lot of his carries too early in the year. I know uh, I'm pretty excited to see him and uh, Tristan Abood kind of grow together, but Connor, this guy, he's going to be the real deal. And with Donovan Malloy running the rock, there's a ton, like, he he had, I guess he had some good carries early on in the season, but as they started to really make a push for the playoffs, 106, 189, 158, 141, 192. Those were his yardage totals from week, what, four or five on until the end of the season. Um, he had a spectacular year, a spectacular coming out party. And I'm excited for Donovan Malloy. He is my rookie of the year through and through. I was really impressed by him as we went along this season for the Griffins. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love that pick. Uh, like I he's, really like he's less than 100 yards away from Matt Peterson in rushing. And Matt Peterson was Which the MVP insane. of the freaking Canada yeah. West. Like, that's I really think. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had an incredible season. I really think that... Uh, this Guelph Griffin's offense is going to be something, uh, something fun to watch next season for sure. But hit us with the next category. What are we rocking with here? The dude of the year. You guys dude have heard us said how many times year. this guy's a dude. This the is dude. pretty much like your freak of nature of the year. You can go offense. You can go defense. You can go just someone who is swagged out to the max but also making a ton of plays on the field. And I know Connor's guy fits a lot of these categories. So go right on ahead. Oh, you're giving me the go ahead first. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, this guy from his demeanor, from the way he carries himself, from his work ethic to his play on the field, just kind of embodies our dude of the year. I'm going with Taylor Algersma, Gloria Goldenhawk. He was the absolute heart and soul of this team this season. Not to mention, yeah, okay, the talent level is one thing. We all know he's a special quarterback. We all know he's a special player. But this dude has so much swagger on the field. When he gets in the end zone, I love it. Every time, he's just a dude. He's just the guy. He just fits the category of dude of the year. 
absolute playmaker, absolute baller. I know uh, Coach Michael Falds is happy to have this guy around next season. And I know we talked about this on a podcast already, but after losing the Yates Cup, the very next day, this guy was in the gym, hitting the weight room, like absolute dude. Man, okay, this is gonna be the, this is my cop out. It's got to be Joe. Like, yeah, heck, Vanier, Vanier MVP, MVP of the Mitchell like semifinal, MVP of our set. Like, this guy was phenomenal all season long he was swaggy he was running he was hurtling he was diving he was dropping dimes all over the damn field and mainly his team falls behind him 1000% i don't think i saw anyone flinch when he threw an early interception in the vanier they went that's okay joe you're going to you're going to keep us going you're going to keep us in this so they uh they leaned on him. They rocked with him all season long. I'm going Joe. Joe Senecal. Come on, man. Uh, we got so many great quarterbacks. In this. <laughs> this is unreal. I think next year we almost just have to do like a quarterback pyramid instead of our team rankings. I don't know. Maybe we could do that now as we as we kind of close out the season as an off-field topic. Um, but no. Guy's a dude. <laughs> that is a dude. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a great pick, too. Um, people are going to hate the fact that we went with two quarterbacks, but, like, is that kind of not what you're supposed to be at the position of quarterback? Loud or quiet, whether you lead with your voice or lead by example. Like, if you're playing quarterback, you kind of have to be the dude. Like, you, you have to be. And let me bring this back to a Michigan reference. J.J. McCarthy, also the dude. Everybody rallies around the quarterback. They have to rally around the quarterback, right? Blake so, Corum's the dude. <laughs> Blake Corum is the dude, too. Also, uh, shout out Michigan. OH, oh no, you just lost another year. Um, I had to get one in before the end of this pod. I wasn't able to say it on the Tuesday episode. I had to get it in. I think I said it for you. I think I did mention it, that you know, Michigan Wolverines won. Um, no, I mean three years, three years in a row now. Ryan what, Day. On what are you gonna seat. do when? What are you gonna do when Jimothy the Kahaki man leaves this year because he's sick he's and tired of the NCAA? He is. Uh, he's Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. He's not freaking leaving. Oh God! All right. Well, superlatives handed out. Connors takes for the Vanier Cup in locked in. Uh, Next week, I believe we might have to start looking ahead to the CFL draft. Connor, it is December, which means the clock is on. And it's time to put the scout shoes back on, man. It is time for our favorite time of the year. The time of the year that got us going with this podcast initially back in 2020. They got chills right now. That shows. I just got goosebumps. It was draft season. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea where you're going with that. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We will start bringing you more uh, fun topics, more interviews. I know the in season. Uh, you guys get tired of hearing just us. 
mainly just me this year, but there will be more interviews coming around. I'm hoping to lock in some CFL players this offseason as well. Stay tuned. As always, CF Perspective, Wade Zang, Connor R. O'Neill, fox40shop.com. 15% off when you enter the code CFP15. So head over, get in on the action with the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech. Connor, peace out. Deuces, just like Ohio State's playoff chances. Uh, Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We will see you next time. I never saw you leave And it was late at night I could be wrong But I know that you have never been right Someone said you vanished But he was cooked I'm sure there were some details That he overlooked So get specific Give me time I could never keep track of mine What's on the menu for today?